Birdie. Today I'm reading to you from old journal entries from all over the place. Some of them are dated, some are not. I think I made this in the summer of 2020. I have attached to it a picture that is a close-up of a diamond. It's like, looks like a kaleidoscope. You would, might not even know what it was if you were looking at it. This is an up-close diamond. You can also see Hollywood bug eye in quotation marks. As I sit in the morning, still in my robe, in last night's makeup, in slip-on pink show boots with no socks. Oh, snow boots with no socks. Feeling like I have my own show, in quotation marks. That is sacred to me, so I sometimes pretend it's my show, and sometimes pretend it's not, depending on my mood. Anyways, I've lately been trying to piece back some memories lately. The tuning that is the memories are recent, but as I try to navigate the recent past, it's like I am in the room of an extreme close-up diamond. It's like no one piece or facet can exist without the structure of all of those built upon it, before it, inside it, and it itself will be and is and was a piece in the process of its oneness as a diamond you could hold in your hand. But it's like I get lost inside a diamond and my memories are facets and without the diamond's wholeness, my memories wholeness my experience is wholeness. It's very hard to recall my feelings or the sequences. The moment I try, it's as if I am inside a moving kaleidoscope with targets moving and exponentially changing and things on the edge more and more beautiful so that you find yourself in a constant state of lack of focus because innately, Do we not all naturally? The beauty which is pleasing to the eye? I've attracted, or excuse me, I've tried to record the sequence so that I could dictate it later, perhaps discover new memories, which is happening with more and more frequency and intensity. I am afraid that within, without an outside perspective, My quest will be lived out in choppy dream memory-like ways. It will likely not make sense to the outside world. It could be misconstrued as attention-seeking, and well, it was, I suppose, by the end. But by then, it had taken on its own life and its own meanings. Overall, I somehow managed to scream, breathe CPR, into the heart of our democracy through a sequence of events surrounding several facets of dot 
dot, dot. I'm losing my focus. I lost my stuff. I started accidentally telling the future. I started accidentally changing the weather. It is real, and I am certain. I think that it was preordained that my daughter and I found each other from opposite sides of the world by an invisible cosmic string that led us in those that all come before us to this apex joining of spirit from through time and space, legends, myths, origin tales, for here they come, and yet there were always, they were always written in the stars like a sphere. Our coming together in 2015 had, has ultimately led to some cosmic unlocking of the mysteries of the universe, and yet at the same time, born infinite new curiosities, questions, tales, legends, and myths. These things joining that shape of our cultures. This process and the divorcing of my family later created the conditions that can comparably be utilized. The final revelations of some religions or the new birth of others. My daughter and I are dreamers. We unlocked the magic in each other through our common pain. I grew angry and eventually apathetic to life and my daughter grew depressed in 2019. The sadder she got, I got angrier. For no matter how hard I tried to keep the most important promises to her of family, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. I dreamed the patriarchal laws that were, in my opinion, victimizing my innocence, my optimism, and trust the most basic levels. I dreamt to destroy it. I woke up one day, broke, some, same as always, sick of crying, and just said, forget this stuff. I am sovereign of all this human BS. I declare it to be so. I am an artist now, and a photographer now, and I started my own business. I remember this very clearly. It was in the fall. It was still warm, and there were leaves on the trees. It was as if my personality shifted. Then, at that moment, like a lock, click, and I was different in retrospect. And also, at the time, I remember definitely actively feeling like I was, quote, exploring myself. Like I would sit in, in, the mir- in front of the mirror and look at myself. I would lose time. It was like I was examining every inch of my body, my face, feeling my skin, touching my hair, as if it were all a new thing. This went on for months over the last two years between sick and depressed and overworked and stressed. I lost a lot of weight and also got strong and a bit muscle. It seemed I was growing more beautiful, but I was also slowly, slowly morphed into a nihilist of all things. If you would ask most acquaintances about me, 
cumulatively over time. You might describe legally blonde has a baby and Splash gives birth to white buffalo with icy eyes. Well, that now. Then, it was definitely Elle in Madison. I've been compared a lot to the Parks and Recs boss. I've seen it a few times and I agree. Optimism on the brink of fantasy and comical in its execution. But I still somehow, but still somehow mysterious, or mysterious and withdrawn and strangely magical. That was me. Now, there is a backstory there which not many others know, which is my life until my 20s when I joined society at large. about to play you this song called The Boy in the Bubble by Paul Simon and thanks Paul I want to explain a little something about this whole album in that it was a part of my awakening it was like as I was driving around it just became magical it became like as if the song was telling my own story. And it was just impossible, but yet it was happening. And at times it was happening in real time, in real locations. Like, I remember listening to it on random. I, don't, I wasn't even listening to the album. It just came on. Amazon Music, as I was traveling through the East, and I was in Virginia. And even as I crossed into Newport News and saw the sign, exactly at that moment was when I hear Paul Simon's voice saying Newport News in a song. And that's the way that my life has been for the last two years. And so I'm going to play this for you. And then I'm going to read to you from Paul in the Bible. Now listen to the words. That's the most important part. Before I discovered this album, 
I mean, I've heard some of the songs before, but it was not a devil pig. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. At this time, when I cried, it would rain. It would rain outside. It would thunder and lightning. And that's why I went to California. I wanted to try to put out the forest fires with my tears. And when I got up there, I couldn't squeeze much out. I bought a peach from a person in a parking lot, and she watched me weep in my car. First, I called my mom. But by then, I think she was being healed because it was less making me cry. And then I watch the man in the mirror video. That usually always works. And there's some did come rain, but nothing big enough to put out the fires. And then I heard Ginger Z warning about the winds. The winds can make the fires worse. So then I decided to go somewhere different, I think. Or maybe the Google Maps just kept turning me around no matter how hard I kept trying to drive into the fires. But it was like that. But it was like that, you know? And that's what it was like. No, puppy. Get down. Here, do you need to go outside? I was going to read to you from Paul from the Bible, and I had it right in my hand, right in front of me. And then, I don't know what happened, I just, it's like as if it disappeared. <laughs> so, I guess I take that as a sign that I guess it wasn't meant to be yet this morning. So we'll save it for another day. Instead, I'm going to do surprise readings from the Wonders of Lord. <laughs> Our Ladies of Lord, 150 Miraculous Stories of the Power of Prayer to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Our Lady's apparitions. I'm just going to do the fun game where I close my eyes and pick a page. And what I've gone to is page 500. The Wonders of Lourdes. 
Is it Lord or Lords? Maybe it's both. With, you know what, I better put on my readers. I just saw some. otherwise occupied, Jules found someone else to talk to, an old priest in his cassock, sitting on the bench, hands leaning on his cane, smiled at him when he heard his voice, and they were now chatting as though they'd known each other for forever. And they were now chatting, oh, Saya repeated it. As the priest told the little boy that the buildings were far too recent to have been built by his great his grandpa's great-grandfather, Jules embarked on the explanation of the story that his grandpa had told him the year before during the vacation. My great-grandpa, my grandpa's great-grandfather, he is the one who built the Lord, the Lord's pools a long time ago with several friends. The boy said with confidence, my grandpa, he told me that St. Bernadette was still alive and that the pilgrimages had just begun. The old priest knew the story of Lord very well. Nearly 30 years earlier, he had even written a guidebook for pilgrims from his diocese. After a quick calculation, he understood that Jules was talking about the very first pools, the ones built in 1864, two years after the promulgation of Bishop Bertrand Lawrence's Mandamus instituting the cult of Our Lady of Lords. Pierre and Marie joined their son and greeted the old priest, apologizing for his prattle. But the latter stopped them and spoke to Jules. You are right. Your grandpa's great-grandfather built the first pools of Lords, the priest told him. But these are not the ones, you know. As more and more pilgrims started coming, bigger pools had to be built to receive them all. At the time you are telling me about, before the first pools were built, there were fewer people coming to the grotto, but still there were some pilgrims. Maybe your grandpa's great-grandfather was one of them, and it was also him who built the stone basin where the first miracles occurred. Jules was fascinated by the gentleness of this man's voice, this priest who seemed to know the story of his ancestors so well. I don't know, the boy said. Grandpa told me of a mommy who gave her child a bath when he was going to die. That is right. That was one of the first miracles in July 1858, the priest explained. And it took place in the stone basin where the spring Water came to the surface. The child's name was Justin Buhort. He was two years old and wasting away. His mom, clearly despairing, had come to pray at the grotto, and she made this kind of crazy gesture, but full of trust in the Virgin Mary, of bathing him in the basin's water. They say that some of the pilgrims around her tried to keep her from doing it, 
you know the water must have been like today, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't think your mother would be happy if she saw someone putting a baby in that chilly water. Marie was listening to the priest, standing her hand on Jules' shoulder as she sat next to him, this marvelous storyteller. She smiled in agreement. She never understood how pilgrims could bathe in water so cold. She knew the pools are only half full and that people bathe in them only for a short time and generally without being completely immersed. She had never had the courage of going herself, though. As it was, she had trouble bearing the temperature of the water in Brittany, so 54 degrees. Her son's voice interrupted her meditation. So the pools didn't exist then? No, your grandpa's great-grandfather built them in 1864, said the good priest. They looked like the pools of the spa towns in the region, like those of Bagneris or Carterets. Carterets? Since then, they have been more enlarged very often in response to the demands of the more and more numerous pilgrims who wanted to come here. The buildings you see today are not in the same place as the first baths. They date from 1955. It was the bishop of that time, Bishop Pierre-Marie Teas, who had built them for the apparition's centennial. But they were renovated again twice, in 1972 and in 1980, making a total of 17 bathtubs today. Here, for the men, there are six. A little further down that way, there are 11 for the women. And in each of the two buildings, there is a smaller pool for the children. A young priest joined the group and interrupted the old priest to tell him that it was his turn to go to the pools. With a half-surprised, half-sad expression, the child asked them if they were sick and if they were going to bathe to heal. The two priests reassured him. The old priest explained that although he was much older than Jules, he was in the pink of health. They were accompanying a group of pilgrims and were expected to take over the spiritual direction at the pools for the day. They were going to help the sick pray to God and the Virgin before their baths. Jules watched them move away toward the entrance to the pools among the pilgrims and the sick. He was eager to find his grandpa to explain to him what the old priest told him. And since his grandpa was not doing so well, he was going to offer to accompany him someday to the pool so he could bathe in them. This is a reading from an old journal that I just we found. Its cover is fabric and the back of it is like rosebuds coming and there's little 
stampy looking things, kind of in like honeycomb form, but more like horizontal and vertical seeming, like the middle of a honeycomb, with turquoise and white little stamps. They could look like sand dollars. They could look like crosses inside circles. They could look like a Celtic cross, you might say. It's not big, not huge. It's a little bit bigger than my hand. And I just found a writing from my birthday, 2010. I haven't even read it myself, so I don't even know what it's going to have. Dearest new diary, today is my 31st birthday. It's a Monday, and I just bought you to celebrate this new year. My aunt always tells me that one's birthday, oh, I have to put my readers back on, is a powerful day to make my wishes. Here are some of them. Learn to be a witch. Become a gardener. Grow my hair really, really long. Become a loyal and useful wife. I wish to finish my play. Start making and selling art. Make friends and feed the squirrels. At soon to be my new home in Ireland. I wish to be happy and fulfilled in my new life, as this has been a missing element for some time now. I woke up this morning very early. I woke up a little scared and anxious. I have never lived away from home. Nebraska has been my heart. I think that I will miss the most cornfields under late afternoon sun and merciless thunderstorms. I will miss my favorite bird, the cardinal, in the way it tells you when spring is almost here. I will miss the most beautiful sunsets on earth, and I will miss hoping for deer. They are so beautiful. I will miss the Missouri River, and most of all, I will miss my little red-headed dog, Ruby. Oh, Ruby. And this is the next reading. January 14th, 2010. Dearest, newest diary. Today is the day I go to court to face my debts for my bankruptcy case. I'm a little bit scared about it, but at the same time, excited to get it over with. I used to be so good with money. I don't understand where and when it all started to go south. I think that the economy pushed up the cost of food, utilities, and gas, and it put me under. At any rate, it's over now, and things are still expensive. This looks like it might have been January 17th or 18th, 2010. Dearest oh, New Diary, I am trying listening to new music, and the computer is bumming me out. I am trying out Avid Brothers. I have never, or I have been drinking cider and spiced rum, smoking cigarettes in my dining room. I should not be smoking, but I should not put it in writing, but I am. This beautiful book, Embroidered Birds, will be the true testament to trust. Well, anyways, I am looking at pictures of my future kitchen. I think it is perfect. Tune. Oh, there is a dishwasher. And also, 
a tiny globe that appears to be one of the ones made of gem and such. If I really get this new perfect life, I will be the happiest girl on the planet. It seems too good to be true, but I still want to follow it. I'm going to. I'm going to love him like the sun, the biggest and brightest. Man, how could this be happening? I have to tell you that I have never had a perfect love with respect and all that. They've either been out to get me or out to hurt me or just incapable of human stuff. So this is like a fairy tale to me. Like how could anyone trust their love to me so much to invite me to live with them without even meeting me first? How could I be so lucky to find him amongst God knows how many people on the friend finder. I don't know what it says. How about, how could he be so nice? So funny. Doesn't take my shit. Whatever. I can't know until we meet. But you know, dearest new diary, I will tell you the truth. This is the one. This is the guy. We are going to start a family. It starts here. I believe in it. Love. This is a reading from The Wonders of Lords, the book 150 Miraculous Stories of the Power of Prayer to Celebrate the 150th Anniversary of Our Lady of of Our Lady's Apparitions. Page 85, The Farewell. I'm going to start words italics. That little sprout of a girl claimed to have seen the Holy Virgin would not be so bad, thought the soldier. Me, I don't care. Maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. But for 50 children and mature ladies to claim, one after the other, to have seen her too, that's pretty strong coffee. The authorities were right to intervene and barricade the grotto. And this habit of bringing dozens of sacred objects to mass a biel day in and day out. A month earlier, before the wooden barrier hit it, he had seen his own two, with his own two eyes this grotto, cluttered with candles, statues, plaques, metal hearts. That was excessive for sure, so the co- corporal felt useful here, where his superiors had sent him. What he was preserving here was once again public order in the service of France. Were he not here, along with a chum, the barrier would have been long gone. Already agitators had torn it down three times. At sunset, light-footed and furtive under a plain borrowed headscarf, she escaped her home with her Aunt Lucille, 
with whom she had taken into confidence. Two friends discreetly joined them. Four figures ran along toward Robert Meadow, which was softly lit by the sunset's colors. On the other side of the cave stood the long barrier under strict guard. The corporal breathed easier now that the sun had gone down, and he enjoyed the evening's cool air. He had no thoughts of troubling his head, no thought to examine the faithful kneeling beyond the river. He did not know that amongst the shadows in the falling night was that of Bernadette. He did not know that the younger was intensely staring at a point located just above him, a crevice that had been pointed out to him as the origin of all of these troubles. Once again, the Virgin was there. Bernadette spread her arms in a marvelous greeting. She felt that the distance separating her from the grotto had been erased. The lady seemed as close to her as ever, even more splendid than ever. Bernadette prayed a rosary that she wished would last forever. The virgin smiled at her without saying a word, a bright shining smile that would be her far farewell. The next time Bernadette would contemplate, contemplate that marvelous face would be in the next world where the lady promised to make her happy forever. A reading from, what do I call it? Dearest New Diary, circa 2010. We're going through this together. Yet again, my friend. Oh, I'm a poet, but this time I do know it. <laughs> okay. Here we go. February 7th, 2010. Well, he came and left. The week was amazing. It was barely awkward at all. He was more beautiful than I imagined, and he got even more beautiful progressively through the week. I had so much fun. We went to a funk concert and got drunk last one night. Walked through a state park in the snow. I was really happy. How? I am a little scared though. Oh, now I am a little scared though. I don't know what will happen from here. Before, communicating through email and the phone was less at stake. No pressure. It was more free in a way. Now it's different. Moving is huge. This is in a different pen. It's dated July 6, 2010. So, clearly it's been a while. This time, it's for real and I am leaving. I don't know what, A, I don't know what it says. I'm sitting here in my room wondering for how long this will be my room. My pretty, girly, light-filled room with my bears and pictures and mementos. I am getting a little scared. Last time in Ireland was so brilliant. Things were great, but all in all, he was, he didn't want to be with me. And now I guess a lot of that's changed. Question mark? A lot of that's changed? 
tend to take people. I tend to take people at their word, unless they've proven otherwise unworthy. Now I have two words to consider. I suppose it was fifty-fifty from the jump. Well, in any case, I am excited. I loved it. Everything was my size, and smaller towns, smaller houses, no skyscrapers. I like that. And when Shane and I are together, it seems easy. That's good. I just hope that my heart didn't break too bad. Before else, who knows? Or else, who knows? At any rate, it's all meant to be a figure. Part of me fantasizes about it, like I could, like I, or, like could something really end up perfect for me? Like the whole deal, happiness? What the hell? I don't trust it. Kind of. Basically, what makes me up is a bunch of idealistically positive reactions to a lot of yucky misfortunes, lots of death and loss, perversion and the like. But I made it till. What if it? What if this is the payoff? Like I buried it all of early. Well, I can say that I hope so. I do. I do. I do. That would be so nice to have love and everything, a life. Love, here's to you, future, with a little happy face. This is a reading from July seventeenth, two thousand and ten. Dear book. Today I cried. All of a sudden, I realized that in three weeks I'll be gone from here. But then I had my period, and hormones got back to normal. I am so anxious about this. I feel kind of like if you were late for hitching a train, and it was moving already, and it's starting to go a little fast, but you were scared to jump. But because you know it's only going faster. So you better man up and jump. It's like that, I think. I want to just jump on, but I'm scared. I mean, I'll definitely be jumping, but I just want to get that over with. I hope that I'll be happy there. I hope that I will feel the same way as I did before. I'm a little afraid that I won't. I fear that the cruel tail kind. I don't know. Phone call. May have crushed a bit of my oh cruel to be kind. Phone call may have crushed a bit of my soul. In terms of Shane, I hope that he is more sure than I am because if we were both this unsure, it is destined to be a disaster. I just hope I feel like I did before. Then everything will be fine. Maybe it's because, like my entire life's been, a series of tiny disasters. But then maybe everyone feels that way.
This is a reading from August 17th, 2010. That's my grandmother's birthday. Well, I made it here. As a matter of fact, I was probably walking in the door to this little Irish row house exactly this time seven days ago, 9.20ish a.m. I made it in by the skin of my teeth. The Irish immigration woman refused me altogether at first, declaring me an overstayer before touching even Irish soil. Mean, my saving grace was a taller, older, very bald, jokey supervisor type that came over when he heard my whimpering promise to honor the Irish law and not overstay my three months. The guy saved me and rushed me through after throwing me a bone. Today is my gram's 90th birthday. Got news from home last night that she may already have passed. I don't know yet. It's about three in the morning there. She did die that night. She did die then. A reading from August 23rd, 2010. It's raining here this morning. It's a good one and steady rain that you can hear dropping onto the roof. Not one I've seen before here. It appears to be the kind of rain that could last all day as the sky is one simple gray color with no differentiations between the clouds. Not at all like a back home. My farm, lovely, uncanny sense of telling the weather is of no use to me here. The clouds are so slow and I can never tell the way the wind's blowing. There are barely any wild animals here. I've seen two, I've been here two weeks and taken lawn walks every single day. Yesterday I saw two rabbits at the Rossmore Park. Oh yeah. And I saw a tiny frog the other day walking in a huff in the dark. The crows have lots of different types of voices, but the obnoxious ones are the ones that wakes me in the morning. <laughs> it's nothing like my cardinals back home. I miss having a grill. Some recipes, numbers, a list of things to do.
Oh, it's turned into a wedding list. Of guests. <laughs> One, two, almost three rows of all filled of the same book with the bird of embroidery. <laughs> Oh, must be a list. We're going somewhere. Us, two warm blankets, sheets, two beach towels, picnic blanket, two pillows, passports, phone chargers, insurance papers, car safety equipment, bag, detergent, rope twine, me, swimsuit, makeup, hair straightener, blow dryer, camera, Camera charger, phone, phone charger, toiletries, three dresses, birth control, ibuprofen, motion sickness pills, heartburn pills, sunblock, make sandwiches, cooler, coke, cream, milk, yogurt, cheese, ham, crossed out, butter, beer. I guess that's the end. Oh, and a little card from Shasha. Dear Mom, I love you so much. I'm just going to talk about, this is, this is the idea that I just had. I just, uh, today we were at Children's Hospital while well, I think we've been here Okay. Um, we got here on March 17th, <clears throat> and she shot the medical to bring her, and she's still on the ventilator, but we thought she was going to die in the beginning, and now we don't, so it's great. 